Thank you for listening to season two of Spotless, Breaking the Boundaries of Television. Presented by two media powerhouses, Triple Lift and Advertising Week, Spotless brings you in-depth conversations with the leaders who are driving this evolution. So, you know, listen up. Evolution, we came from monkeys, now we're humans. Who knows where we are next? You're going to learn something on this podcast. Dan Robbins is Vice President of Ad Marketing and Partner Solutions at Roku, where he leads marketing, measurement and research, design, events, and communication teams for the ad business. Prior to Roku, he worked on several strategic partnerships and product rollouts at Nielsen. Dan was named to the 2018 Broadcasting and Cable 40 Under 40 list, the 2019 Grit Future list, and the 2019 Fellows Program at the Economic Club of New York. Dan is a graduate of Cornell University and is based in New York. Dan, thank you so much for joining us on the second season of Spotless. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Excited to have you. Let's start by talking about your career path in media. You know, you're currently the vice president of ad marketing and partner solutions at Roku. But previously, you worked on the research side of the business. Can you talk to us about your transition into marketing? Yeah, I'm a measurement and analytics guy who found myself into marketing uh, in a kind of funny path. But I've always thought that the left and right brains of marketing are equally important. And so I've come at it from the analytics side, but it's been exciting to also marry that with the creative part of marketing. Yeah, and, and it sounds like measurement continues to be more and more of importance uh, for creative and marketing in general, right? Yeah, I think the two go hand in hand, the measurement and analytics, the creative, and all of that is increasingly important in building effective marketing. Absolutely. There's a select group of people uh, who think of Roku as simply a device that consumer plugs into your TV to access their favorite streaming apps, while you know others know you've evolved to much more than that. So for our listeners... How are you positioning Roku in the marketplace today? Roku's mission is to help consumers and advertisers and content owners make the most of the shift to TV streaming. We're America's number one TV streaming platform. And a bit on just how we got there, Roku was founded more than 10 years ago, uh, creating players that plug into your TV to create net, or to watch Netflix. And what has really changed since then is that the business has actually grown into a platform. So we not only make players, but we also power more than a dozen smart TV manufacturers globally. We make audio products that make your streaming sound better. And we run a platform business that helps advertisers reach cord cutters and streamers with the data and measurement that they've expected in the digital world, but on the largest screen in the home. And then we help content owners acquire new viewers, make the most of their ad businesses, and succeed in the shift to streaming. So what I think often folks don't know about Roku is that we are actually a services company and our mission as an operating system behind TV is to help all of the parts of the ecosystem move this replatforming of television. You touched on a few points that, that we're gonna dive a little bit deeper on. So to start, you, know, you mentioned the shift into streaming and you recently announced in Q1 earnings that the company reached over 50 million active accounts. What's, what's driving the popularity of the platform and, and what is Roku doing to attract even more streamers, particularly from the next generation of consumers? We've said that this is the streaming decade 
And over the last year and a half, that has probably accelerated even more than we could have imagined. What's interesting is that when we talk to our consumers, the more than 50 million active accounts that you mentioned, what they say is that the ease, choice, and convenience of TV streaming is what attracts them to platforms like Roku. And when you look at the market overall, you see that linear TV ratings continue to decline. The median age of the average broadcast network viewer is now over 60. You see that streaming and cord cutting continues to increase. More than one in three homes in the US no longer have pay TV. And you see content owners making really big strategic shifts into streaming, the launch of services like HBO Max and Peacock and Discovery Plus. And so what all of that does for the consumer is give them the best way to watch movies and television over the internet as opposed to over coax cable or satellite. What we're doing moving forward to continue to bring new consumers into the Roku ecosystem is a few things. One, we continue to expand internationally, which is a key focus, not only for our TV and our player business, but also our platform business. Two, we continue to invest in making it easier for consumers to find and love what they want to watch. We recently launched Roku Originals on the Roku channel, which is actually our owned and operated streaming service on Roku devices. And we launched the Roku Brand Studio, which is about creating advertising-driven storytelling built for TV streaming. And then lastly, we just continue to try to make the streaming experience as easy, as simple, as accessible, and as fun as possible. With your continued success, it's no surprise that we consistently see Roku's name in the press. And something that's caught our eye recently is your ad buying solution called OneView that you mentioned. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about this new platform? OneView is the ad buying platform built for TV streaming. And the whole goal of OneView is to provide the best way to buy Roku in an automated fashion. And so our view is that not only will all TV streamed, be streamed and all TV advertising will be streamed, but all TV advertising will eventually be automated and performant. And OneView is an ad buying platform that allows you hands-on keyboard to buy ads, not only on Roku that Roku sells, but also to buy ads across the Roku platform and to buy ads on other platforms as well. Other TV streaming platforms like Amazon Fire and Samsung and others, mobile, desktop, digital out of home, and so forth. And really the insight behind why OneView has been successful is advertisers know that they want to take their entire TV streaming by and get a view of it in one place. They wanna be able to plan to make sure that they are using the best possible data that comes from real consumer relationships. They want to be able to optimize across all parts of that buy and they want to be able to measure performance and outcomes. And that's really been the key behind OneView, which is to provide the ad buying platform that is built for TV streaming. One of the things that buyers seem to continue to talk about is the ability to get cross-screen attribution. I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are on the current sort of landscape for cross-screen attribution for uh, connected TV and, and how Roku could be a partner that, that helps elevate that for some agencies and buyers. Measurement is definitely at the core of why brands are leaning into advertising on Roku and why nine and 10 of the Ad H200 advertisers have worked with the Roku platform. 
we've looked at measurement and cross-screen measurement in a few different ways. The first is that we launched the Roku Measurement Partner Program, which includes now more than two dozen or so measurement providers that are built into our platform to help advertisers measure everything from reach and frequency to brand lift all the way to outcomes and return on ad spend. And what's exciting about that for cross-platform measurement is it allows advertisers to use their preferred provider to measure across screens. The second thing that we've done is launch the Roku Ad Insight Suite, which is built on our own data to provide insights and measurement to our advertisers. And so this includes using second-by-second -second streaming data that we have, data from linear TVs through automatic content recognition, as well as Roku identity data, which is really the powerhouse of our broader advertising strategy. And what we do is help advertisers plan what's the point at which the first dollar in TV streaming works harder than the last dollar in linear television. We help them actually measure reach efficiency so they can see, am I actually delivering the audience that I want? And we'll help them understand what are Roku users actually interested in. And then the third thing that we've really focused on has been our shopper data program, which is about working with key partners across advertising verticals to bring Roku data together with actual outcome data. And our first partner in the shopper data program was Kroger Precision Marketing. So we took America's number one TV streaming platform. We married it with America's number one grocer, which includes Kroger, but also Ralph's and Fry and several other brands. And we provided advertisers with both the Kroger shopper data to make sure they're serving their ads to the right homes and the Kroger shopper data to measure return on investment. For example, uh, Johnsonville Sausage is a great example. They were advertising on Roku and what they wanted to do was find new buyers and drive sales. And so they used Kroger Precision Marketing data to actually measure whether they were one, able to increase the number of households they were reaching who buy Johnsonville sausage, and then two, whether they're driving return on ad spend. And what they found is that Roku households who saw their ad using that Kroger data spent 16 times more on Johnsonville's new sausage strips than the average Kroger household. The key point there being, this is something that didn't exist in traditional television. You couldn't necessarily make sure your ad was going to the right home and then measure whether you were moving incremental product off the shelf. And so in summary, our goal is to use a bunch of these different tool sets, our measurement partner program, Roku Ad Insights, and our shopper data program to be a leader in measurement and analytics. That's a great sort of insight into some of those activations you've done. And as a kind of final quick follow-up on that, you know, we've seen the thought process that connected TV and, and potentially running advertising on streaming platforms is indicative of an opportunity in upper funnel metrics and awareness. Do you foresee TV being a new player or a growing player in performance media and performance KPIs? Um, much like you just mentioned with the selling of Johnsonville sausages. Yeah, this is actually what gets me maybe most excited about TV streaming. It can be both a brand vehicle and a performance vehicle. And what I mean by that is, you know, TV traditionally was about building brands, the largest screen in the home, and it delivers sight, sound, and motion to really build brand equity. And digital advertising has historically been about performance, getting folks to actually add something to a cart, download a mobile app, 
visit a website. TV streaming is the marriage of those two things. It's allowing you to get all of the benefit of traditional TV with all of the benefit of digital. And not only is that about being a hybrid medium to your point, but it also opens up TV to a whole new class of advertisers and marketers who maybe had not looked at TV before. Small and medium-sized businesses, D2C or direct-to-consumer companies, and so on. And it's something that we've seen a lot of success with. We shared in our, in our last earnings that actually the non-ad age 200 advertisers, so some of the beyond the Fortune 200, so to speak, were growing faster on our platform than the largest uh, ad age 200 clients. And so that's really a testament to the fact that this can be both performance and brand. One way to kind of elevate your services for buyers and, and advertisers is to you know, continue building and evolving your own relationships and partnerships. And we were earlier speaking about Roku in the press and recently um, there was mention of your ever-growing partnership with Nielsen and, and how Roku purchased their advanced video advertising business. W what does that mean for brands that currently work with Roku or are looking to work with Roku? Yeah, so we recently acquired Nielsen's advanced video advertising business. And there's really two key things that are exciting about the acquisition and strategic alliance. The first is that we've acquired the technology that enables dynamic ad insertion on traditional TV. What that means simply is bringing the digital real-time insertion of ads into traditional TV. So imagine you are watching an ad on NBC broadcast in prime time for a dog food brand, and you're actually a cat home. That ad could be reinserted in real time in the national broadcast to get the right ad to the right home. And that's really exciting for a couple of reasons. It's really exciting for content owners and networks because it means they can actually better monetize the ad inventory they have because they can be more specific about how they're serving ads to their viewers. And it's really exciting for advertisers because it means they can be more efficient, they can be more effective in the way they actually find their target consumers. And so we're really excited about bringing that to market and we feel we're uniquely, cap um, uniquely uh, capable of being a leader in dynamic ad insertion because we are the number one TV operating system in North America, which means we have the scale to really make this market moving. And we have identity data that underpins our relationship with the Roku household. So that means better targeting, better attribution, and better creative and optimization. The second part of our strategic alliance with Nielsen is the launch of new measurement tools. And a key focus on this is actually being what we were talking about earlier, bringing cross-screen measurement across the entire TV and digital ecosystem. And so we're in the process now of working with Nielsen on what that will look like. And we're excited to be able to offer measurement across linear TV, TV streaming, desktop, and mobile so that you get an apples to apples view of an entire media plan in one view. We've spoken about this at length with, with a lot of our guests, but we're seeing an aggressive acceleration in streaming, you know, particularly in 2020, but also today. And we continue to see more AVOD and SVOD services pop up. In your opinion, does SVOD compete with AVOD you know, in terms of subs and streamers? And, and if not, can it compete with AVOD? Yeah. 
I, I really think this is a, a both and, and that there is an exciting home for both subscription services and ad supported services on our platform. We've seen that the number one searched for term on Roku.com is free. And that's a testament to the fact that Roku streamers are really interested in ad supported free content. We launched the Roku channel several years ago, born on this insight. And the Roku channel is the home on the Roku platform for free and premium entertainment. It started with movies and television, entirely free, no subscription required. And then it expanded to Spanish language, kids and family, live TV through a TV guide, premium subscriptions so you could easily sign up for services. And most originally, the launch of Roku Originals, which are our original programming featuring stars like Kevin Hart and uh, most recently Demi Lovato in actually giving free entertaining content from Emmy award-winning talent to the Roku user base. And what we've seen is that the Roku channel audience is highly engaged with the programming so far. More than one in three users of the Roku channel streamed a Roku original series. The average streamed, the average Roku original streamer watched nine episodes of a show. And in the first two weeks, users streamed Roku Originals more than any other content that we have on the Roku channel. In fact, the, the top 10 most watched programs on the Roku channel were all Roku Originals. So all of which is just to say, uh, there's absolutely an appetite for free ad supported streaming and we're excited to be a leader in that space. So just, just for the benefit of our listeners, Roku Originals was acquired uh, it was previously known as Quibi's kind of 75 show library, which was acquired by Roku. And you just mentioned a lot of data around that, one of which, you know, we've all seen in the headlines, which is more people watched these shows as Roku originals in two weeks than they did in the entire lifespan of Quibi. And, and you were mentioning, you know, a lot about um, the search results of free coming up uh, within the Roku platform. What, what are we attributing to the, the consumer and the streamers kind of attachment um, or, or need or want towards Roku Originals specifically? Yeah, what we've really seen with Roku Originals is that the average consumer um, takes time to figure out what to watch. And if you've got great content and it's available right from the home screen, it's free, it requires no sign up and no strings attached, and you have to watch a couple of ads in exchange for that, a lot of consumers are really attracted to that value exchange. And the quality of Roku Originals content coming with Emmy-winning talent, the accessibility and the fact that we have the distribution of more than 50 million active accounts, and the ability to make sure we're bringing the right shows to the right streamers based on their preferences, all have really been part of why it's off to a great start. What, what can the consumers expect from Roku Originals going forward? Yeah, we're uh, continuing to, you know, really make sure that our investment in Roku Originals meets the need and the demand on our platform and what makes sense from a business perspective. We most recently announced the uh, Demi Lovato show, which will be premiering on the Roku, uh, on the Roku channel. Um, and it's going to be, uh, I'm really excited about it. Uh, it's going to be a short form talk show that uh, premieres at the end of July. And it's the first of more than a dozen Roku original titles that we have premiered. And it's gonna talk about a whole bunch of interesting topics, activism, 
uh, mental health, UFOs, and it's going to have a whole bunch of uh, awesome guests, Lucy Hale and Nikita Dragoon. So um, we're going to continue to find areas that are really exciting for our streamers and, and continue to invest as we feel is exciting for the business opportunity. That's incredible. You know, another show that you guys recently announced was called Roku Recommend, uh, and, and it's built to help viewers find their next binge watching opportunity. You know, we mentioned so many options out there with content. I myself, you know, find about 20 to 30 minutes of just looking for a show before I can actually settle and find on something. Can you tell us a little bit more about this new program and how it came about? Yeah, so that's exactly the goal of Roku Recommends. It's actually the first production from the Roku brand studio, which has a mission of creating advertiser-driven content built for TV streaming. So we work with marketers to go beyond the 30-second spot to reach streamers who might not be watching ad-supported television and to create shows and entertainment that's going to speak to them. Roku Recommends specifically is a 15-minute weekly talk show hosted by Maria Menounos, who used to be on Extra, and Andrew Hawk Hawkins, who is a former NFL player. And they go through the top five best watches on Roku each Thursday. The goal is to really uncover some of the biggest hits, look at the trending data we have, and identify the gems for our users to watch. And we know that some folks take time, to your point, to figure out what they want to spend their time streaming. We've seen really great success with Roku Recommends so far. Our initial partner in the integration was Walmart. And we're excited for the Roku brand studio to continue to reinvent what TV advertising means and to continue to use the canvas of the Roku platform to do innovative and exciting things. I want to build off of something you said, and that's going beyond the traditional 30-second TV ad spot. And we're continuing to see you know, many new advanced advertising formats that allow consumers to engage with content. Do you think TV will eventually become, you know, commerce driven or at the very least an interactive driven medium? I feel like I know your answer based on our earlier conversation, but would love to hear a little bit more detail. Yeah, well, well I'd say, you know, my crystal ball is as murky as anybody else. So I, I, you know, I don't know maybe where things will be in a couple of years, but what I think is exciting about TV streaming is that it can go beyond a static 30 second spot. And when you actually look at advertising creative over the last century, the first radio ads were just readouts of print ads. And the first TV ads were just visuals over a radio ad. And the first TV streaming ads were just static 30 second TV spots. And so each medium requires new creativity and it gives an opportunity to, for marketers to grab new technology by the horns and create something new. Today, Roku offers interactivity both on linear TV and TV streaming ads. So you can make them interactive with a click. You can send an SMS to your phone with a coupon or an offer. You can set a reminder automatically to tune into a future show. You can scan a QR code on top of an ad to get an offer. And we're excited to just continue to innovate and to bring the next real generation of creative to the TV screen. Shifting gears just slightly before we wrap up, as the world slowly returns to normal, you know, we are lucky enough to look forward to small and big events again. Uh, with the Summer Olympics upon us, you know, it'd be great if you could share how Roku engages with big tentpole moments you know, like the Olympics and beyond. Yeah, what's interesting when you think about the big 
uh, TV tent poles is that linear ratings have declined significantly in the last few years. So those award shows, big sports events, things like the Olympics are seeing less folks watch on linear TV and more folks on streaming. And for us, we've really focused on how do we actually help streaming make a bigger canvas for content owners and for marketers. So March Madness is a great example. We saw a massive shift to TV streaming where audience reach increased by 85%. And the household reach of TV streaming channels that carried the first round of the NCAA tournament saw hours grow 74%. At the same time, reach among adults 18 plus on traditional TV was down 24%. And what we've really tried to do is say, how can we help marketers become part of that shift? And TurboTax here is a great example. They are a big sponsor of March Madness. And they're the official sponsor of the Roku channel's March College Hoops Edit Hub. That included some of the interactive ad units we were just talking about. They actually curated uh, basketball programming for streamers. They had a primetime ad on our home screen and actually worked with the Players Tribune to produce exclusive content for this editorial hub and to run an augmented reality lens on top of it that allowed Roku users to scan and shoot basketballs on their TV screen with a TurboTax branding around it. Um, all of which is to say, you know, that that's not the Olympics, that's March Madness, but our focus is how do we take events like that and make them into uh, exciting creative opportunities? And that's where our focus is gonna be. Dan, I'm gonna ask you to pull out that murky crystal ball of yours because we like to end our conversations with a prediction on the future of television. You know, based on, you know, you're a measurement and analytics guy, based on all of the growth and the data and the trends that we're seeing to date, you know, what does the industry look like in five years from now? And specifically, you know, what are the characteristics of the key players that, that are still uh, in existence and what devices are we watching on? And, and ultimately, what kind of, what, what's the ad model that we're seeing? So being that this is the streaming decade, as we go five years into the future, our feeling is that streaming will continue to be mainstream and that the shift from traditional TV into TV streaming is here to stay. And marketers and advertisers are starting to recognize that they should buy TV like they watch TV. And I think in five years from now, we will have gotten to that point. I'm also just really excited for consumers. There's never been a better time to watch television. There's never been more access, more entertainment, and more choice and ease than ever before. And as America's number one TV streaming platform, our goal is just to continue on that journey and to be here with advertisers, consumers, and content owners to build a world where all TV and all TV advertising is streamed. Dan, we appreciate your insight. And you know, once again, we wanna thank you for joining us here on season two of Spotless. Thank you so much for having me.